Season 4, Episode 3, The Blind Date. The Blind Date. Larry gets a severe tire damage. Severe tire damage. I calls, love those words. Calls Ben to pick him up. And as the car is pulling up, like, th- there's a mic inside the car, so you can hear Ben and his wife talking to each other, like, very faintly. Mm-hmm. And my, <laughs> I never noticed this before, but a great line is his wife, uh, Christine, points out, oh, Larry's to the right there. And you hear Ben say, oh, yeah, I can't see to that side. <laughs> He's driving a car. <laughs> did, you, did you catch that? I didn't catch that. That's a great line. <laughs> he says, oh, I can't see to that side. The entire right of him. And he's, he's driving a car, which um, which I loved. Uh, I like Larry just gets in and starts naming Yo's off the bat. And then they cut and he's just still naming Yo's and they're not paying any attention to him. Still naming Yo's. Yep. How many Yo's do you think he could possibly come up with? Well, we heard yoga as they gave him. Then yogurt, yodel. Those are the only three, I think, right? He was going to say Yoda, but I'm he sure he off. said Yo-Yo in, in between. He must have. Uh, but I do not think any of those words are connected with Yo as the prefix. No. So Christine, Ben's wife. It, it is Christine, right? I have that right? You have that right. Okay. Christine gets out. Larry and Ben get in the argument uh, about moving the front seat. They they have such great chemistry arguing with each other. Like, it's actually, I rewatched the argument like three times. I thought Ben was amazing in it. He's a really good actor. The one thing that bothers me about this argument is that there's no headrest on his seat, and they do this in TV shows, and it drives me crazy. I noticed that, too. Uh, is it, it... it opens up the scene, and it makes it look a little yeah. more spacious. I knew that had to be it. I noticed the same thing. And but I, knew... I can't stop staring at the fact that there's no headrest. You ever sat in a car without a headrest? It's not comfortable. It's terrible. So I, th- I thought the argument was great, and it's funny how the only thing Larry takes serious offense at is Ben calls him like a baby man or something and Larry's like gets like shocked at Paul like are you calling me a man child and like that gets him and he comes out with the term man child which Ben did not say and that's the one thing that rubs Larry the wrong way being called a man child apparently yeah I, I didn't get that either Jeff and Larry are then walking up to Mel's office why does Jeff decide to tell Larry about this Cheryl Poppin in his fantasies I have no idea. <laughs> Why on earth is Jeff like? And he tries to explain it like I thought you'd be flattered. Like I don't he's think like, lots he's of like, guys would take that as a compliment. He's like almost proud of himself. He is proud of himself. He's just stupid. He's Jeff, so excited. Like he's and really he, excited to tell Larry this. Yeah, and he thinks Larry's gonna like it or something. And I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, maybe Jeff just had to say something there. So Mel Brooks, another good scene. Always good scenes to Mel Brooks. And his two partners. And his two partners. Do you remember their names? Norm is one of them because he dies later on. Yeah, Norm and somebody else. I love that Norm says, did you catch this really quickly, that Larry must be mentally challenged? Yes. (laughs) Okay. I don't don't remember him saying that, but it really works so well for the rest of the episode. I did mention that, that he thinks Larry's musically challenged. My favorite line from that is after Mel tells Larry Ben's going to quit, Larry very seriously tells Mel, like, look, Mel, Blessing in disguise. And he says, between you and me, Ben Stiller doesn't really belong in musical comedy. <laughs> Who is Larry David to belong in musical comedy? He's never acted in his life. And now he's he's like, oh, he belongs and Ben Stiller doesn't? No, it's it's amazing. <laughs> ben, ben doesn't belong. He, he, he can't cut it. This between is Between you and me. I, I know what I'm doing. But between you, the star producer, and me, this esteemed actor out of nowhere... Um, 
But I like how we see Larry totally getting into this role. He spends the entire episode walking around, singing the Thinking, songs. Trying to producer. act like university and stuff. Yeah, he's trying to he's trying to become Max Bialyzak. He, I mean, he takes it seriously. Like, the rehearsals and... Uh, I mean, he takes it seriously in a Larry way. Like, he's always kind of goofing off. Yeah. But, he but knows he's kind of terrible. He wants to do a good job. He's not... He doesn't try to, like, not do a good job. But he's kind of excited by it. He's more than kind of excited by it. So then Larry runs out of gas. No, he has a car wash first, right? Yes. Car wash first with Judah Friedlander, who probably loved playing this role. He didn't take off his world champion hat. Uh, keeps the hat on. Uh, make the car dirtier. Cheryl's car, like, always needs car washes. It's always, like, it's like kind of like a running thing. I never noticed before, but, like, it's always about her car getting car washed or being, like, filthy every time Larry's in it. Yeah. It's, it's a new running curve storyline. Then he runs out of... Then he runs out of gas, running around knocking on people's doors. I like the line when the woman opens, why would I let a stranger into my house? And his reply is, I'm not really a stranger. I did the Seinfeld show. <laughs> I think my favorite line from that montage is, I'd like to make an offer on your home. <laughs> yeah. That... <laughs> that one just they're, got me. They're, they're both good. They're both good. Um, finally meets Haboos, lets him in, does another favor. Goes to gas. They go to get lunch, and I like when they walk into the deli. He's telling her the end of the corpse sniffing or the bra sniffing dog story mm-hmm. from the restaurant, which yep. is a nice little tie-in, which I like. Um, Do you know who plays Haboos? No. Haboos. Well, you don't see her face, so it's kind of hard to tell. But Haboos is played by Moon Unit Zappa, who is Frank Zappa's daughter. I never right. heard of Moon Unit Zappa. Never heard of Moon Unit Zappa. Interesting. It's just a crazy name. So next question is, the mentally challenged folk who so nicely wash Larry's car for $10, invite him to eat, why does he say yes to that? I don't know. Larry goes back and forth between these moods where he hates people, and, and he instantly people. makes friends with strangers. And yeah, today and he always in, says a lot, like, I hate talking to people I know, like, I love talking to strangers. But, like, these are his new friends. He invites them over for the game later in the episode. Yeah, God, I really didn't... <laughs> I didn't actually put that together the first time I watched Like, why is Judah Freelander in his house? And then, like, I remember he invited friends over for the game. And the guys are coming. The new guys are coming the over new for guys the game. Are coming over for the game. These are Larry's best friends. And then, great shot when Norm and Mel's other producer guy walk in and Larry is just cracking up with them and him and the one guy are, like, hitting each other next to each other at the table. I don't I think, I don't think Caboose was happy with that meal, but Larry enjoyed himself. She seemed happy with everything. She didn't order, she didn't eat anything. She didn't order any food. Well, Larry did spill the, what was it, tuna salad on her? And he spilled tuna salad on her burka. As we move on, returning to the house, Cheryl's nephew, uh, what's his name? Or cousin, sorry, cousin. Who's only in this episode. Only in this episode, not at any other family events ever. They also don't explain why he's there. No, or how he's related, or anything, really. Other than he's a magician. He's a magician, because a magician just knew he was a magician to teach him his one trick. That's true. So the first exchange of them is pretty good, with Larry wanting the trick. The second exchange is great, I thought, where Larry thinks he catches it, and like kind of has like that laughing, like, friendly tone, like, I think you wanted me to stop there, I think you wanted me to stop there, and he's like, no. And then Larry goes to, like, straight serious... Listens in, scowls angry. I want that trick. Listen to me. I want that trick. I love the way this scene is shot. From the kid's perspective, it's shot in this like wide fisheye lens. I think yep. it's awesome. So this is Larry literally like bullying this kid. Like, I want that trick. 
And then out of nowhere, he asks his coach, you're treating. He says, yeah. And Larry goes, all right, listen, I want half that candy tonight. Don't tell Cheryl anything. Leave it there. I'll divide it up. I get half the candy. It's just so random. And then he threatens. It's so, it's so random. He threatens him for the trick. He threatens him for his Halloween candy. And then he's like, be nice to my friends. They're coming over to watch the game. Larry takes Michael to meet his blind date. Larry and Michael are best friends now, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and Habuz mentions they look alike. They actually do look a little bit alike, I thought, once she mentioned that. Yeah, from the Maybe back, it's... they look a lot alike. I guess it's just the bald thing, but they look alike. Larry accidentally knocks her hood off. Larry gasps in shock. Michael also gasps in shock. <laughs> I'm not sure why. He has a great gasp. Face. He's just like, like I clearly there's something like wrong with her face, and Larry's cringing to it, and she runs away. But he's just like gasped and shocked. Also, he shouldn't know what's going on. Do blind people recoil in horror? I that's a good question. What could horror them? What could they can't horror? see anything. <laughs> a loud sound, a bang, yeah, a I, sudden I guess, drop I in temperature. Noise. Okay, noise. But you're not gonna be like gasping like you just saw the grossest thing in the world. I don't know. Can you hear the grossest thing in the world? No, I don't think sounds can be that. I guess you could hear screaming. I don't know. Um, all right. I, I liked Michael's re- reaction to that anyways. The blind guy just gasping at how ugly she was, apparently. Yeah. Judah Friedlander, back at his house, catches the trick, comes full circle that Larry's not best friends with these guys and invited them over. And then I thought the actual ending part was really weird. With, like, the Susie pop in, like, it, it, it ending on that? It's a little weird. I just, it reminds me how much I like the Susie music. Susie music, her, like, doomsday music? Yeah, so it goes so well from this, like, dreamy, romantic music to the Susie music. And it just pops in. And I think it works well from just, like, a sound standpoint. I mean, yeah, the, the, the music cut is fine. I just thought it was a weird way to wrap up the episode but uh the more i think about it i don't love that many of the endings in curb i don't think but no this one doesn't really tie it all together but i i liked the episode i like this episode too there's a lot going on these episodes are so rich yeah and they do such a better job in this season than previous seasons of alluding to future things tying together seasons as a cohesive unit it's really really good yeah and a lot of these like these all have like multiple multiple running lines throughout each episode like they're it's not just like one thing that keeps happening like there's there's a lot going on no it's much more than just like a random collection of scenes it's a tight-knit episode even if the plots don't have this tight-knit you know grouping like some of the other plots weave together every episode is very tight-knit Mm-hmm. it's good season four that's where it's at Thank <laughs> you.